Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Faithful Reasoning Podcast with Candace Kyles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the first full episode of the Faithful Reasoning Podcast. Again, I am your host, Candace, and I am super excited that you came back to join me once again. Um, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about faith and reason, which is obviously directly related to the title of my blog and this podcast. I wanted to share and go a bit deeper um, about who I am and how I arrived in this space of being super passionate about faith and intellect and apologetics um, in light of our lived experience. And so I know I shared in the trailer just some funny facts about myself, but I wanted to go a bit deeper just to give you an idea of who I am and how my background and my experience has shaped my worldview and essentially how I've arrived here. Um, I was raised by my mom, who was a single parent, and she was, is, because she is still with us, thank God. Um, she is a Christian and she modeled righteous living in front of me. We attended church weekly, you know, we were active and all those things, but I always want to make a point to say that it wasn't just out of religion and out of tradition, um, but she literally modeled what I feel like, what it, what it meant to be a Christian. She was that mother <laughs> where I woke up in the middle of the night hearing her praying and I would wake up with an oily forehead because she had anointed me in the middle of the night. But she was also that mom that um, allowed me to ask questions about our, our, our faith and our tradition and the various facets of it that I didn't understand. She would answer my questions. She would send me on my own journeys to find the answers. She would be super honest and tell me when she didn't know. But again, she made it comfortable for me to, again, be be in, inquisitive and ask questions and go on the hunt for the answers, but also be okay with not knowing. And so that I feel like is what shaped my pursuit of not just truth, but a deeper understanding of what this faith tradition that I was raised in, what it meant and what it would look like for me um, once I decided to, if I decided to continue, you know, on this Christian uh, trajectory. And if I'm honest, I decided against said trajectory. I, when I graduated from high school, went away to college, I internally made the decision to not become or maybe even remain a Christian. I wanted to live life. I wanted to experience living outside of the boundaries of the Christian faith. And so I spent my college years exploring different worldviews. I took philosophy classes and religion classes and met tons of people from different backgrounds, both faith and outside of faith. And obviously those experiences and those conversations and those interactions caused more questions, uh, which again, 
kind of relating everything back to my mom, I would always pose these questions to her and she would be super willing to engage in theological conversations with me. But having those experiences outside of, again, what I would call it the boundary of Christianity caused me to question the validity, the trustworthiness of what I had been raised in and around. And so throughout my college years, I kind of held on to what I thought to be true, what I felt like was true. And I, if I'm honest, maybe a part of that was because that was how I was raised. But I also consider myself to be super analytical. And so there was a fair amount of reasoning that I was even employing back then. I probably wasn't able to name it that and articulate what I was doing. But a part of it was how I was raised. But another part of it was, okay, some of this actually does make sense. And so maybe this is legit. Maybe how I was raised, you know, I can kind of, you know, add some validity to it. So I kind of vacillated back and forth. And then after I graduated um, in God's providence, I decided to kind of pursue God and I have not looked back. But in the in the meantime, um, once I graduated from college, decided to, again, become a Christian and submit my life to Christ. A few years later, I found myself in seminary and what a journey that was. Journeying through seminary is a whole nother conversation. But what I will say is studying religion and theology in an academic setting is vastly different than uh, studying or being a part of a church community and learning it devotionally. And so my experience being in seminary, again, nuanced conversation for another episode, but I, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. It, again, opened up so many opportunities and it caused so many questions to arise, questions that I didn't even know would be questions. And I keep bringing up questions because that's one of the points that I want to drive home is questions are okay. Questions are okay as it relates to faith. Questions are okay as it relates to God. And if we were taught and if this was expressed more, I think that we would have a a more robust theology. And I also think that questions create spaces where we learn we can look all throughout the gospels when Jesus taught, he asked and he posed questions. And so many soapbox inside of my monologue, questions are okay. If my life is any type of exemplar, questions are okay. I think that they're needed. I think that they need to be encouraged. And I think it cultivates a greater understanding of who God is, or whatever the subject matter is, but if we're contextualizing it, we're talking about faith, we're talking about God, asking questions and being in community with people that can either answer those questions or bounce ideas back and forth off of each other. It creates an environment where it roots and it anchors your faith in such a way where it's no longer theoretical and conceptual, but I feel like questions, 
create this reality where it kind of grounds what is kind of lingering. It grounds it and it anchors it. Anyway, I digress. So seminary, um, obviously I'm studying all of these concepts and I'm being exposed to various schools of thought. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, the church needs this. And being a black woman attending a black church, I'm like, this is like what's needed. And so I'm thinking about ways in which I can be a bridge um, between the academy and the church and I'm coming up empty. And I don't know, one day, I don't know, I was just thinking about, okay, again, how can I connect what I'm experiencing in the academy to the church? How can I bridge these lofty, super academic concepts? How can I bridge them and make them accessible to the layperson that may never find themselves in seminary? And that's when Faithful Reasoning was born. I wanted to be a bridge, but I also wanted to create a space, a virtual space where questions were welcomed and it was safe enough for us to be vulnerable and transparent and ask the questions that may not be able to be you know, posed on a Sunday morning, or in some cases, the answers aren't readily available. And I didn't want my time in seminary to just solely be about me building, you know, a career. And at that time, I thought I wanted to be like a full-time professor and researcher and all of that in theology. I didn't just want that time to be spent honing those skills for purposes of a career. But again, I wanted to make this information, this knowledge accessible, but accessible in a way where it made us better. And so when I was thinking about faithful reasoning, I was thinking about the words and I was thinking about the base word of faithful, which is faith. Faith being, you know, a conviction or trust in God or a particular religion. Um, And when you think about faithful, it is this surety, this assurance um, of whatever it is that you're talking about. If you are a, um, if we're talking about, I don't know, Christianity, and you're thinking about what it means to be faithful, it really speaks to being sure. And then when you think about reason, which is solely intellect, right? It's it's thinking and it's comprehending and it's rational. And reasoning is employing reason. It's you are able to conclude or infer. And so when I'm thinking about the dichotomy between faith and reason, which, which honestly in a lot of traditions, or I don't want to say traditions, but in a lot of Christian expressions, faith and reason have been pitted against each other. And so faithful reasoning um, became both a name, but it also became a concept for me in that I can converge the two worlds. I can allow our questions and our dialogues and these topics to anchor our faith in such a way where we become sure, but we also don't shy away from thinking. We don't shy away from bringing our minds to the table and interacting with God in such a way where we worship him with our minds. Um, I wrote about this on on my blog, but in the gospels, 
um, I think it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus was talking and they asked him what the greatest commandment was. And in his response, he quoted Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's loving God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, um, and, and some versions, it may be strength, but with all of your mind. And I like thought about that for so long. Like, what does it mean to love God with our minds? And so when I was thinking again about this space and what it could become, I kept thinking about how faith and reasoning can converge and they can coexist and they can build off of one another, right? Like we just don't want to bring our minds to the table. There has to be a level of faith that we employ in order to fully believe. Because once you once you comprehend, you have to make the choice to believe. Or in some cases, once you believe, you have to make the choice to kind of engage intellectually with your mind. But you don't do that in isolation. You don't you don't isolate faith without reasoning and you don't isolate your intellect without faith. And so I was thinking about how I, how we, because I am not um, the sole expert as it relates to scripture and theology and God, but how can I create and cultivate a community and a space where we can, again, use both our both both intellect and faith in order to under, understand God fully so that we know him and he knows us and that we are known by him. So anyway, uh, rant over as it relates to faith and reasoning and how I arrived here recording a podcast, but that is essentially my thoughts. Um, it actually, hopefully it gives you a peek into my mind and into my hope for the future as it relates to this podcast and the blog and whatever else comes of it. But I ultimately, again, want to be a part of a community and a space where we can talk about any and everything. We can talk about our experiences and what we are living amongst and in and how our faith shapes that how our faith bumps up against that, how the tension sometimes can be unbearable in that we recognize and intellectually understand the truth of God's word, but what we are living and what we are experiencing is, I mean, in direct opposition of that. And that is difficult sometimes. And so rather than shy away from those difficult conversations, I want to host those conversations. I want to be a part of those conversations. And I don't want to have those conversations in my head. And I don't want to run my close friends raggedy with, you know, forcing them to have these conversations when they when they don't want to. So that's why you are a part of this journey. That's why I'm in, I am inviting you to come along with me so that I nor you have to do that in isolation. Um, and we can do it together in community. One of the hallmark verses in the field or discipline of Christian apologetics is 1 Peter 3 and 15. And it reads, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for reason for the hope that is in you. And 
that word defense in the Greek is apologia, which is where we get the word apologetic from, um, which again is obviously defense. And when I'm looking at that verse and I'm thinking about the portion that speaks to the necessity of a Christian, of a believer um, offering up an explanation for the reason that they hope in Jesus Christ, I think about how there has to be a level of um, guaranteedness, if that's even a word, um, one who is super secure in their faith. And what I'm not trying to convey is that that means that you are void of questions and void of tensions, because like I forestated, questions are necessary. And I feel like we are going to have questions until the day that we die. Um, but what I am saying is that there is a level of our faith that I feel like we have to be sure, right? Like there isn't much room for doubt. And so when I'm able to convey the reason for my hope, if I'm able to articulate that clearly, there is a part of me that is so sure that I am now accepting this as truth that this is no longer just a belief. This is no longer just something that I'm kind of hoping and wishing to be true, but this is something that I've kind of thought about, I've wrestled with, I've ruminated, and I've arrived at, I have concluded that this is legit, this is true, whatever word you wanna insert there. And I am now able to communicate in such a way where I'm giving a reason, I'm giving an explanation, I'm giving a defense, for the reason that I hope in Jesus Christ. Even in Jude 3, Jude is talking about contending for the faith. He's talking about contending for the faith in the context of there are false teachers that are now coming um, on the scene. And obviously when you think about false teaching and all of the uh, problems that come with that, it caused me to even think about, again, in the 21st century when we're thinking about defending and contending for our faith, we first have to personally arrive at a space where we're sure. And so before I can defend or contend for the faith against the others, air quote, I first have to contend against my own doubts. I have to wrestle with my own internal tensions. And again, I want to drive the point home. I'm not advocating for you to arrive at this space where tensions no longer exist as it relates to your faith. Um, that, that space doesn't exist. What I am advocating for is that there are just certain aspects of your faith that I feel like you have to wrestle and deal with and employing faith, you accept it to be true. So that on some level you have to then, or you will be able to rather, communicate um, in such a way where not only is it is it shaped and um, driven by conviction, which is obviously the work of Holy Spirit, but it's 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 also grounded in your heart where you know it to be true. It's no it's not just you believing um, off of off of experience or solely off of, oh, I was raised, you know, in the church or whatever, but you have now wrestled with, you have now thought this through, you have now alongside or with with the help of Holy Spirit, you are now at a, at a place in your faith 
where you recognize and you understand and you trust fully that and fill in the blank so that when questions arise, right? And this is what I always share with um, students and um, those that I'm kind of walking through, uh, you know, with the basics of apologetics is that it's not a matter of if the questions come, it's when they come. If you are professing to be a believer, the questions are going to, going to come, why? Like, why do you trust in Jesus? And it may not be framed in that way, but the questions are going to arise. And before I can implore you to have, a, have an answer, you first have to internally reconcile that what you believe is what you trust to be true. And so, again, when I'm thinking about faith and reason, before we take this conversation externally, we first have to settle it internally. And whether that be Jesus being God, whether that be you trusting the Bible in its fullness to be trustworthy and valid, whether you believe in the resurrection, whatever, insert core tenet of Christianity. Um, there has to be a level of acceptance. There has to be a level of um, you again, trusting that what you are learning and hearing and internalizing is true. And then from there, I feel like, one, you will be able to do what Jude talked about, which is contending for the faith. But even more deeply, your faith will be um, anchored in such a way where when the winds of false doctrine and when the winds of other worldviews and other opinions blow, you won't be as easily shaken as before when you were kind of tossed to and fro between two opinions. Uh, so yeah, those are like my internal thoughts that I've kind of been, that I've sat with for a while. Um, but when I'm again, thinking about faith and reasoning and faithful reasoning, that is what undergirds and underpins the necessity of these conversations. So a couple of takeaways, one would be questions are vital, they are necessary, uh, don't shy away from them. If you are able to contribute to answering faith questions, by all means do so. Uh, but whether it be in your church community, whether it be in your personal small group community, even in your own personal devotion time, don't shy away from asking questions. That is how our faith is cultivated that's how it grows and how it's strengthened and we learn about and we come into a greater knowledge of who god is and we um again grow in our knowledge and in our awareness but we know him deeply and we will uh know who we are in relation to him on a deeper level so yeah questions are everything don't shy away from them and then the other would be again marrying your uh faith your belief with your intellect don't leave home without either or don't leave um and don't arrive to the table uh with just faith and leaving your mind at the door but don't assume that you can internalize all of this intellectually and not employ that that muscle of faith 
to come alongside your intellect so that the fullness of who God is can be revealed um, to you. So yeah, I hope that my monologue was uh, encouraging and it gave you some insight into who I am and what I want to hope to bring to the table. And hopefully you continue to uh, join me on this ride of knowing God greater by way of faith and reasoning. So hope to uh, virtually hear from you soon and I will talk to you all on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Reasoning Podcast. Before you go, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And for more information, you can visit my website at www.faithfulreasoning.com. If you are on Facebook and or Instagram, follow me at Faithful Reasoning. And if you have any questions and or comments, shoot an email to questions at faithfulreasoning.com. Chat with you soon.